Jesus said, uh, anyone who wants to follow me must deny himself, take up his cross, his cross and cross, and follow me. I, I, I want you to think about the essence of following. What is following really about? What is it like? Following, we just did it there. What, what, what I'm going to say is kind of redundant, I guess, but following is about following, isn't it? Uh, I ask you to follow, you come around behind. Uh, did you have to make any decisions about which corners we turned? Uh, did you know where we were going? Well, not really, but did it matter? Because you knew I wasn't going to lead you some crazy place. I wasn't going to take you down the cellar or something. Huh? So following is just basically about following. That sounds redundant, but I don't know how else to say it. You just, you just stay behind the leader and know where the leader is going. And actually, it's you, now you can wonder about where you're going. That's, yeah, that's fair enough, but you don't have to decide. In fact, if you want, you can, you can even let your mind wander into something else. You can think about what you're going to have for Sunday dinner, right? Because as long as you just stay behind the one that's leading, you're in good shape, huh? He or she will take you where he or she intends to go, and you just, here's that word again, you just follow. You just follow. Hmm. Well, Jesus said, if anyone uh, would come after me, would follow me, let that one, that him or her, whoever, deny himself, take up his cross, her cross, and follow me. See, he does the same thing. He's redundant too. He, he says, if you want to follow, follow. That's what he says, isn't it? If you want to follow, follow. But then he gives us a couple of qualifiers, actually, on the way, doesn't he? He says, uh, deny yourself. Deny yourself. Wow. Uh, notice he doesn't say deny yourself something. It's not about denying yourself chocolate or alcohol or sex or something. Some, it's not about denying yourself something. It's about denying yourself. That's a tall order, isn't it? To deny yourself. In fact, I would say it's such a tall order that it's impossible. You, you, you can't do it. Because it's, it's philosophically impossible because the very act of denying yourself is what? Asserting yourself. You have to assert yourself in order to deny yourself. Thursday night at our Thursday night meeting, I mentioned an old hymn that some of you know, uh, I Surrender All. What a terrible, terrible thing. You know, I surrender all. Who's in charge in that sentence? I am. I, I surrender, yeah, but I'm the one that's doing it, so I'm finally in charge. I don't surrender all. I surrender maybe a whole bunch. I don't want to surrender me. So in a sense, to deny yourself as a command is it, virtually impossible. Perhaps that's why he gives the second part of that, take up your cross. Take up your cross. Now this gets more serious. What is the cross? The cross itself? Well, it was an instrument of execution. An instrument to kill people, to put them to death. That's what they did with Jesus on the cross. They, they put him to death, to take away life. Before I go any further, I want to acknowledge that there are people right now in our generation who are being crucified. 
that's probably something new for maybe hundreds of years, but it's happening again in the Middle East, and it's a tragic, tragic thing. We know that there are Christians in Iraq and Syria who have actually been crucified as in days of old, and they are our brothers and sisters, and our hearts go out to them. I mean that. Not only that, you, you've seen the pictures of the 21 Egyptians who were uh, beheaded. Some of them actually died with the words of Jesus, crying out the word Jesus. I, I think that's an amazing witness, uh, and our hearts go out to them, to their families. They are people who are suffering for the faith, bearing the cross in a very literal sense. Now, I suspect that most of us, probably none of us, will have to do that, and I'm thankful for that. I, I, I don't, I mean, if any of us have to be that kind of martyr, it comes and that's the way it is, but we don't look forward to it. I certainly wouldn't look forward to it. If it happens, it happens. Nevertheless, Jesus calls us all to bear a cross, to bear our cross. So what is the cross? It's a means of putting us to death, a means of putting us to death. And what is death but to lose oneself? When you die, you lose yourself. You lose your life. You lose control over your life. They put you in the ground and you're done for, right? Hmm? Yeah. So the cross for most of us will be something else, but something he says we can take up and that will put us to death, like, like it did with him. I'm going to give you... Uh, Two or three examples that the examples are almost endless, but examples I think are real crosses, real crosses that, that many of us are called to bear. Uh, the first one may surprise you. Uh, I think it's employment, employment, jobs, and especially if you're on the lower end of the job job market. Hmm? Uh, slaves obviously are at the clerk, clerk bottom of the job market. They have no control over their life at all, do they? They're told everything they must do. They do it or they die. So slaves, then probably comes hourly wage earners. Hourly wage earners don't get much choice about what they do. They're told what to do and they do it. If you work on an assembly line, you know, you're there, bump, 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 bump. I've done that. Some of you have too. You, you just do what you're told, right? You don't have much control over your life. That's a form of death. It's a form of dying. It's losing control. As you go up the, the job scale, it's, it, it continues because you probably have a manager over you at some point, or if you're clear at the top, you still have customers or, or, or clients that are over you, self-employed people, telling you what they expect of you, so you're still trying to serve someone else. Serve someone else. So that is a form of the cross. And it kills us a little bit, if I can put it that way. We have to give of ourselves, give up of what we are, what we want to be, what we want to do, takes life away from us. A second one, maybe this one won't surprise you so much, is marriage and family. Uh, if, if, if you are married, you know that uh, you know, there's a lot of joys in being married. I've been married a long time and there's a lot of joys in that. There's also a lot of compromises out there with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't always get to do what you want, do you? You don't, you know, whoever holds the remote on the television, you don't get to always watch the program that you want to watch, or go to the movie you want to watch, or do what you want to do. 
all kinds of things in marriage and family that are difficult. And, and they, they keep you from doing everything you want to do. Does that make sense? Take some away from you. You don't get to decide everything. A lot of things, you, I'll just, just, I'm going to be blunt. You don't get to decide how much or how often you have sex. Hmm? That's hard for some people, very difficult, huh, in married life. Yes. And that's often a source of a lot of conflict in life. So marriage and family. Family, once you get children, it just doubles up. It doubles up. It's not just that you have a spouse that's taking your time. You have children who, 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 who can compromise everything. Huh? You, you thought you were going to go away for the weekend until Junior got sick and vomited all over the floor, and now you know you can't go away because he's sick. Huh? Whatever. So that, too, is, it takes away from your ability to be who you want to be. Hmm? Kills you just a little bit all the time. I'm not saying it's bad, but it is a cross that we bear. Single people have different crosses to bear. I know that. Single, I'm not, I don't want to leave them out because I know single people bear different crosses. Some of that's loneliness, too, I think, in single people, but various kinds of, of losses. There's a third one I want to mention, a third cross. This one's very obvious, you know it. That is that's a serious or chronic disease. That can really limit your life. If you, if, you, if you get cancer, for instance, and you know the end is coming, that's very, very limiting to life. But not just, not just uh, terminal diseases, but chronic diseases are perhaps worse to have, have MS or, or something like that, that uh, crippling arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, that, that just wrecks your body. And, and what happens? You, you, you aren't able to do all those things you want to do. You are no longer in control in the way you'd like to be in control, are you? Just limiting your life. So that's the cross. We bear the cross. And Jesus says, take up that cross. Take up that cross. Take it up. Live with it. He says, he goes on to say, it, it, it's amazing, he says, he says, uh, if you would save your life, you'll lose it. If you lose your life, for my sake and the gospel, you'll save it. Isn't that amazing? That, that to, get, to get lost, if you will, in this daily struggle is, is actually to have life. Isn't that amazing? But to try to have it your way all the time is to lose your life. I like to say that, that try to have it your way all the time it, it actually works quite well for a long time until you drop dead and all you have is you. Nothing else, just you. They put you in the ground and that's the end. It's over. Bye-bye. Rather, the one who lets his or her life go is in relationship with all kinds of people, including our Heavenly Father. It's, it's just completely different. So to lose one's life is really to find it, he says. To find it. Now, I want to stop here. I want to go clear back to the beginning of the lesson, the beginning of the text, which I skipped when we started. That's where, where Jesus says, it, the Son of Man must suffer. It is necessary that the Son of Man suffer and, and be mistreated and be killed and rise again on the third day. And Peter pulls him aside and rebukes him. Jesus rebukes Peter and said, Peter, Peter, your mind is on, not on heavenly things, 
divine things, but on earthly things. I want to consider just for a moment what that means to talk about earthly things or human things. What is that? Well, I think what Peter was getting at was he was saying in effect, Jesus, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. We can, we can stay another three months in Galilee. Hmm? Or you can get married and have children and we'll all be happy. Or whatever, you know. Maybe it'll be better in Jerusalem in two years. We'll go down in two years and everything will be better. You, you don't have to do this. There are decisions to be made. You can decide how you want to approach this whole thing. But there's a really big word there right at the beginning of that, of that lesson. And it's a word that's in there in the Greek too. It says, I must, or can be translated, uh, uh, it is necessary. You see, Jesus doesn't see it as something, well, I can or I don't have to. What's he say? I must do this. This is what I'm called to do. This is my Father's will for me. It's, it's not a matter of me deciding what I'm going to do. It's been decided for me. And I will follow, oh, oh, there we are again, isn't it? I will follow the Heavenly Father where he's leading me. I will follow. In our Thursday night meetings, I've been talking, last, first week I talked about the fall. Last week I talk, talked about, uh, I talked about, salvation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, atonement. Uh, but the first week I talked about Adam and Eve being in the garden before the fall. And life was just given to them. It was a gift. And they, they just did what came to them, you see? It wasn't until they made a decision that they got in trouble. When they started deciding, they were in trouble. But before they decided, they just received the life that God gave them. That's what Jesus is doing. He's just receiving what God gave. It isn't that he has a choice. He says, I must do this. I must do this. I must. When we think about all the things, all the choices we have, all, all the things we can do, we can't help ourselves. We do that. But we ought to kid ourselves if there's anything particularly holy about that. No, to follow is to follow, simply to follow. Now, I'm almost done, guys. Some of you must be sitting there and saying to yourself, boy, this is probably the toughest sermon that I've heard Wagner preach so far. That's really hard stuff. Take up your cross and follow. And what I want to say is, if that's what you're thinking, you didn't hear what I said. Because your cross is just given to you. You don't get to pick it, guys. It's just given to you. It comes with life. It comes. It's, I hate to use this word, but it's gift. It's just given. You know, that great philosopher, uh, he wasn't a Christian, but a great philosopher, John Lennon, said, life is what happens when you're planning on making other plans. Life is what happens when you're making other plans. We could paraphrase that and say following or discipleship is what happens while you're making other plans. You, you get that? You, you see what I'm saying? God's giving you this life. He's giving you, he's giving you 
the cross. He's giving you everything. And you may be thinking about, well, what do I have to do? What, what am I supposed to do? What's my project? I don't need a project. Just live. Every day. Live every day in His grace. Accepting the gifts that He gives. And by gifts, I mean the crosses that He gives. Yeah. Just live every day in that grace. And he will, he will give you life. He will give you life. You say, well, I'm not very good at following. I may stumble. Sure you'll stumble. Absolutely. I know you'll stumble. But he's promised to pick you up. Do you know that? You'll say, but I may stray and wander off in another direction. Yeah, you probably will. Like that one sheep that wanders off. And what's he say? He won't leave you. He'll leave the 99 and go after you to bring you back. That's his promise. He won't let you get lost. But there's life right here in, in everyday living. Right here. Following him every day in the ordinary things of life. Right? There's an illustration. Some of you have probably heard it. It's, it's been around for 100 years. About the minister, about a minister who has great plans for his ministry. You know, he wants to be a great minister. And, and it never really happens because people keep getting in his way. You know, he has a plan for a great sermon on Sunday, and that's the week three people die, and he has three funerals. You know that? Or whatever. And it goes on like that for years. He has these great plans, but, you know, he, he's just getting ready to sit down and write a great article for a scholarly journal, and some bum walks in his office and takes an hour. Isn't that the way it goes? And at the end of, of his ministry, he's, nothing happened that he wanted to happen, and what? He served all those years. He, he bore exactly what God gave him. God was giving him ministry every day. While he was making other plans. God's giving you life every day. And there are crosses in that life. I know that. Good heavens. I, I'm married. <laughs> yeah, I'm married. I know there are crosses, yeah. Five kids. I know there are crosses, guys. I know there are crosses. But he comes every day in those ordinary things. And he bids us to follow. And in that following, there is life. Not extraordinary things, but little things, ordinary things. And in the end, it is the gift of life itself. Amen.